0: This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. On the show, you'll hear from leading Australian business owners as they share the lessons they've learned building their companies. You'll learn from their successes as well as some of the challenges they faced along the way. We also talk to experts from a range of fields who share specialised techniques you can use to improve your business. I'm your host, Savan Tuna, and I'm a director at Alexander Spencer, and I'm really passionate about helping Australian businesses succeed. Today we're speaking with Grant Austin, Chief Operating Officer of Pay.com.au. Pay.com.au is one of Australia's fastest-growing payment platforms. Since launching in 2019, pay.com.au has transformed the way businesses pay their everyday expenses. In the episode, you'll hear how pay.com.au is changing the game for Australian businesses. Grant will share his tips on how to maximize your business's spending and we'll break down pay.com.au's innovative reward system. Let's jump in. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Grant.
1: Uh, It's great to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: So before we dive into it, Keen, tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with pay.com.au.
1: My role at pay.com.au is the COO, and I'm largely in charge of the products and the development of the product, the tech and development team, as well as the operational aspects. So, you know, we have compliance, payment operations, and a lot of those type of things. So that's really where what my core focus is on keeping the wheels running in the right direction and building out the product to what it needs to be.
0: And your background. So you obviously were doing something other than that before in a different life. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, so I started off my career as a chartered accountant, and you know, in the early days, worked in the mergers and acquisitions world, and so I was at PwC and Grant Thornton for some time. Then, actually, moved into kind of a strategy role in the loyalty space, and hence, kind of a bit of a segue into how I ended up here. So there's actually both of those things. I, uh, one of the directors and, and investors here is was in I knew from the M and A world, and that's how I got involved effectively, as well as my knowledge of the reward space.
0: Awesome. You knew you were from PwC days, that's where you were. And then you went to a rewards program. How did Ed follow the tracks? Did he keep in touch? And when he got involved with Point and Pay, how did that come about? It must be an interesting story.
1: Yeah, well, we kind of stayed in touch. And he was at iSelect at the time when I was at the Flybys, which is the West Farmers Lords and Rewards program. So I was working in a strategy role there. And we had a couple of conversations through that time as well about things that we could collaborate on back then. And then I went and worked for a US tech company actually in the media and advertising space related to loyalty data and the monetization of that in the media world. And Ed called me up one day and was talking about what he was doing at Point Hacks and potentially some growth opportunities that they were looking at and asked me to kind of help out a little bit there and came along and helped the guys out and did a bit of strategic review. And I guess that was where the idea of pay.com.au was seeded.
0: Well, there you go. For those that don't know about pay.com.au, can you tell us more about it and how it all works and all of its features?
1: Yeah, sure. So pay.com.au is a B2B payment platform, really focused on the kind of small to medium-sized privately held type business space. Really, we're focused on the payable side of businesses and business payments. And we're all about making payments seamless for those customers, but with a real rewards and loyalty play and angle to that. So we started facilitating payments, utilizing credit cards and people maximizing their credit cards and the rewards that go with that for business payments. And subsequent to that, we kind of grew out the idea and proposition and now kind of enable all sorts of payments. We're linked in with Zero and, you know, I've built our own pay rewards proprietary program, which has got, you know, major airline partners that you can convert your rewards to as well as a number of other things and that's one of the big things about the way we differentiate is our rewards proposition is super open and flexible and always provides great value to our customers rather than other rewards programs where they're focused on. you might get great value here and there but you know if you kind of go for your vacuum cleaner or dyson vacuum cleaner or whatever, the value proposition is not really there often. so yeah that's really what we do in its simplest form.
0: What was the inspiration behind startingpay.com? Was that the end result? Was that what we were after? Or was it the payments gateway, the B2B payments? How did it sort of evolve and how did that inspiration come through when you were doing the strategic work early days?
1: It was all kind of thrown into the mix. So we kind of looked at businesses, how their payments work today. And we often saw a lot of areas that were broken and, you know, opportunities we could provide some innovation and better solutions for customers out there. But obviously. With the background in the reward space and a couple of the directors and major shareholders got other businesses and had experienced it firsthand about what they can do from a business perspective around the rewards. It was really the culmination of that and what was broken in that space and kind of bringing that together and really trying to solve how we could build a proposition in that space that really addressed each of those areas and solve problems for customers.
0: And you obviously mentioned pay.com.au has its own rewards points. What's the benefit of opting into that versus, say, of Qantas or Chris Flyer and all that? How does that differentiate? Or is that get it into pay rewards, then after that, the world is your Is that the pay rewards world work?
1: We kind of see it and talk about it as kind of the most flexible rewards currency out there. So as I mentioned before, often with your certain reward programs, they're quite fixed on what you can do with your points, where you can extract value, et cetera. And we really want it to be the most open and flexible program out there, as well as always providing value to customers. So again, in that case where other programs you might redeem for gift cards, often the kind of the value exchange is diminished somewhat, whereas we're all about making sure our customers are generating and getting great value from their rewards every time they're redeeming. And you use the word currency
0: there. So it actually a reward has a monetary value or a currency linked to it. Is that sort of how you do it? So let's say and I've got a million pay rewards point. It's worth X dollars. And I say, Grant, I ring you up because I'm fortunate enough to know you, Grant. And I say, Grant, I got a million rewards points. I want to buy an awesome set of golf clubs. And it's not on your platform as in your rewards platform, but can you write a check to Drummond Golf? And I really want these golf clubs. That's the flexibility you guys offer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things we try to address again is the ability to Allow customers to redeem for the things that they want, not be fixed to. You can go on and log into my store and see that I've only got these affiliations with this certain provider. So we have what's called the pay personal shopper, which is effectively a concierge where our customers can call up and say, Hey, I've always wanted this particular item, like in your case, those golf clubs. And so we go out and source them. And ultimately, when you're converting your points in that way, we have a conversion rate effectively back to a cash equivalent and we effectively facilitate the purchase of that more unique item
0: that's awesome so does that mean is there any cost so let's have a business sign up obviously there'll be some costs or a merchant type of cost for earning points i'm guessing but in terms of get access to these concierge that you had is there any kind of other costs associated with how it all works
1: not really effectively yeah you know, through the platform you lodge your request for the item you're looking for and that pay personal shopper will utilize you at the points that you might have to go and source that item and they convert into the purchase of that item
0: that is awesome and there's no cost to that that's really really good but what i wanted to dive a little bit deeper into is the type of clients and businesses that you see that use your platform and get the real benefit from it is there a particular industry or is it just the way that the platforms use that gives the best benefit
1: We have a massive breadth of different customers from doctors who are effectively operating as sole traders right through to larger retail businesses and construction businesses. We've got a massive breadth. What we do we do really focus really around those private businesses. As it's that corporate world, it becomes much more complicated, I guess, to manage that offering and particularly around the reward side of things. So we've really focused and built everything around that small to medium sized privately held business across a number of different industries. But as I said, we've got a number of doctors who kind of they make really large payment each month. They're part of kind of a, for want of a better word, a franchise group. It's not a franchise group, that style yeah. of function. We do have a lot of franchisees who are part of a bigger group, but they still make a lot of their own payments. And ultimately, are a small business owner through to some larger retail brands, household brands you might have heard of before.
0: Look, we obviously are a client of pay.com.au and we use the platform. We haven't redeemed any rewards points, but a question for you as a client. So if I've got a million pay rewards points. And you guys have access, obviously, to Qantas and Chris Flyer and redeeming to those points. Is that dollar for dollar? So if I've got million pay rewards and I want to move them into a Qantas platform to then book a flight with Qantas or Chris Flyer, what's the conversion for those ones that want to use the points for travel?
1: Yes. Yeah, so as I said, we've got a number of airline partnerships where you can convert your pay reward points into those airline currencies. So Qantas, for example. So our conversion rate We've got two main partners at the moment. We're about to bring on another two. But the conversion rate is two and a half pay reward points converts into one airline point. That's effectively how those calculations work. And going back to one of your questions earlier, you talked about one of the benefits of our program. And again, having that pay rewards currency, we call it an indirect relationship with those airline partners. So ultimately you accrue your pay reward points and then you're able to convert them as you see, I guess, flight redemption options available with Qantas or with Singapore Airlines. So you're not necessarily stuck with one, although we do have customers who love their kangaroo and they always just want their Qantas points, which is fine. And that's what we're all about is that kind of open and flexible offering so that if people just want Qantas, then they can always just convert all their points to Qantas or you can keep them as pay reward points and convert them as necessary into the various different partnerships.
0: That's awesome. Now, booking flights using points can be so difficult. It's the thing that I dread the most. And Everyone wants that lucrative business class flight for free. Does pay help clients book those flights? You mentioned you guys have the concierge with the access to buying goods for those rewards. Do you have a service offering for people that want to book flights?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, and in fact, one of the early business opportunities we looked at was how do we solve that problem for business owners? Because business owners typically can accrue large amounts of points and so are able to really maximize on this. But In most cases, they're super busy and don't have time to be extracting the value for those points by searching around, trying to find those first class seats, which can be hard to find in terms of time consuming, looking for them. But also there's a few tricks to the trade, which is, as I mentioned before, the point hacks business has a lot of IP around how that all works. So we set out to really have a proposition for our platform users and members to make sure that we can help solve that problem. So we created what's called pay travel, which is really a service that helps our customers take that pain away and do that research for them.
0: That is awesome. And I guess you've mentioned a lot of different facets of your business that probably sets you apart from your competitors. But if you had to summarize it, what is it that sets pay.com.au apart from its competitors?
1: There's quite a few different things, but in the simplest form and what we talk about the most is really our proprietary rewards offering and that fact that we have our own rewards currency that converts into many things and you can redeem your points for pretty much anything you want will help you facilitate that for you. So that's really... Nobody is doing that anywhere that we've seen and our customers love it. And that's why they come to us and facilitate a lot of their payments through us.
0: And you have been going through a massive growth phase since you've launched the business. As a Chief Operating Officer, what are some of the challenges that come along with that quick customer growth? And how have you managed to keep the top of all of that?
1: It's probably one of those cliche answers that you find a lot of when you speak to a lot of entrepreneurs is just around getting that scalability of process and operations, particularly in the back end. When you start a business, you focus really around that customer experience, getting that platform working for the customer. And then you start to grow really quickly and quickly you've got to turn your eyes to look at, well, how do we make sure that we can run our operations really scalable? And that's probably the hard thing to do is really putting that time aside to look, understand the process. Simplify the process and then automate the process. So we started off, you know, as I said, building that front end. We quickly grew to the customers, and then we had to turn our eyes. And you know, a large part of our development resource right now is actually focused on automation of the back end operational function of the platform but there's many things that where as you go and scale up it's really you're trying to find time to focus on those kind of things to get so you're really scalable and get that growth and make sure you, you know every customer that comes in gets service just the same and you're not stretched too far to make sure they get that service that they deserve
0: oh, i can't remember the dates now it's been about three years since launch is that about right
1: Yeah, well, three years since we kind of started on the journey, there was probably a year of going out and facilitating all the key partnerships you need to run a payments business with the likes of the major schemes, getting the gateways set up and all those key relationships, and then starting to build that tech and then go into the beta testing mode where you have a number of customers in a bit more of a closed environment. You really get the feedback and iterate the tech and then start to ramp things up from there and open it up. So. It's probably really just been a year and a half since we've been open to the public to crank up. And even then, we started naturally acquiring customers through some test marketing, etc. And it wasn't really till earlier this year that we actually started to crank up our marketing and drive that growth. And that's where we've seen that right now over 3,000 customers have signed up. We've done over $200 million in payments you know, really in that time. So has been pretty exciting. Do you think you launched the business
0: at the right time when the borders opened? Was it was that a good thing? Was it luck? or? I don't know, because you started this journey in COVID, it would have been. So what was that like? And how did it go when the borders did open and you are sort of around the time you were launching? And I think a year and a half would probably be more like we were in the middle of COVID. So tell us about your mindset and the executive team and what the thoughts were at the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely been a, a unique journey from that perspective. Obviously, the whole COVID thing has been unique to everyone, and they've obviously got their own individual stories. But for us, kind of, we started seeding the concept and idea pre COVID. We were right in the depths of starting to build out technology, I was saying, pretty much when COVID hit, and we went through many discussions as a board. And what do we do? You know, what does this mean for us all? But I actually think it's been beneficial in hindsight in terms of what happened, really, because it got us, it allowed us to really focus on building out that tech in that time. Because obviously, a big part of the rewards proposition for a lot of people is that travel thing. But we still believed in what we were doing and carried on and continued to invest. And then that actually allowed us in that time, the airlines were obviously going through the challenges that they were going through. And so it's always hard to know what impact COVID had on those discussions. We did start the discussions early, earlier than COVID. But obviously, we were in the very early days of those discussions. And then as COVID hit, that's where really we were able to progress those conversations along. And Sometimes you question, if COVID hadn't happened, would we have been able to, as a startup with no real name behind us, do a deal with one of the biggest airlines in the world, being Qantas. So it was pretty amazing to get those deals done and signed up and start to ramp up our business as the border started to open. and Look, there's been the classic post COVID mismatch of supply and demand. So you've obviously got airlines only just look crank starting to wind up their operations, whilst you've got everyone who hasn't been on holiday for a few years and wanting to catch up with their family and friends overseas. And so, you know, it's been an interesting time for travel, but you know, I definitely don't think it's changed or impacted the understanding and desire for people to earn rewards and benefit from those rewards.
0: The fact that people didn't get a chance to travel for two years. And I know some people went through good financial times in that period and some people didn't but nothing beats like i said a, a getting a reward for spending your money on a credit card or your business expenses through pay.com.au and then you get to go on a flight potentially the fact that no one went away for 2 years when the borders open was there sort of that i got no points how can i get on a flight and i need to get points was that whole influx of was there a lot of data that you guys saw online people searching How do I maximize points or paying business expenses through your rewards program? Did you see data, just Google Analytics or anything that just went nuts around that time? Or was it just your standard Aussies love and points type of behavior?
1: Look, it's a difficult one for us to really pinpoint. But given we were an early business, Mm. we didn't have a lot of data and history. To go by. So it's really hard to see kind of what that actual, like if you were looking at this from a huge audience perspective with all the data, you'd be able to make a much more in depth view of what was going on from the data you're seeing from credit card transactions, all that type of stuff. Obviously, we don't have access to all of that. And we're a growing business as we started to ramp up. We had no issues getting customers signing up and wanting to do that. But we did have the benefit of, as I said, the Point Hacks business and what they were seeing and the able to research that audience which is very helpful in helping us decide how to build our business, how to form the business, what customers we're after, et cetera. So that's what we kind of looked at. And obviously, that we were in constant communication with the likes of the major credit card companies, American Express, Aquinas, and those type of people, and relying on the data that they were seeing, which is massive.
0: Awesome. We in Australia love to travel and love the rewards platforms that we get offered here. What's the market like internationally around credit card rewards and flight rewards? and on a two-part question, is there plans for pay.com.au to expand internationally?
1: We've spent a little bit of time on this. We've obviously been prioritizing the growth of our business in Australia, but you know, it's always something that's at the back of our mind and we've looked at this a little bit. The markets are different in different continents, different countries, et cetera, and how they regulate payments, et cetera, as well as the whole reward point space. So You've got to make sure you understand those markets and the dynamics that drive them. We've probably mostly looked at the UK, which has probably got the closest rules around how this works, airlines, et cetera. And that's, we're about to soon launch a bit of a research project into really how we would go up and set up shop as a first step, probably in one of those markets like the UK, et cetera, like that. But or is looking at larger markets like the US, what happens in Asia, et cetera, et cetera. But absolutely, the plan for pay.com.au is to build out. We've got the tech and scalability kind of largely already built here. There's a few tweaks into local markets. We've got the benefit of having some shareholders. We've got key relationships in some of those markets as well, which obviously helps get you set up. So I'll be able to answer that question in more depth <laughs> once we've done that little research project. But you know, it's definitely allocated some capital to really get into the depths of the research and whether that would be something we would do sooner rather than later
0: awesome and for those that have seen the platform it's awesome it's simple to use now you have the ability to integrate with Zero, which a lot of the SME market utilize you've got the ABA payments you can pay wages super all those kinds of things it is awesome are there any new exciting features or announcements from a tech or software point of view that's coming that either the users of the software have seen it should be excited about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. To answer your question, there's a heap of things that we have in our product roadmap, and we're constantly prioritise and work out what are the key things. I think, you know, in the short, short term, ones that customers ask us for every day is that the whole recurring payments want to set and forget certain payments. So that's probably going to happen sooner rather than later. Probably the most exciting ones coming, you know, I'll probably talk about now are one that probably you'd know all about, which is kind of multi-user, multi-access capability within the platform, which allows different tiers of authorization levels, which plays into our larger customers who have certain kind of, you know, that might be bookkeepers or accounts who they want to give certain access to, but not other access to as well as broader offerings, for example, having a rewards-only user access. So you might want to give all your staff, for example, access to rewards. You can transfer them rewards as staff incentives and then allow them to redeem those points. So that's a big piece of work that's underway and coming hopefully soon. And we think will really uh, resonate with bigger customers in particular, but allow that facilitation of other people to jump into their account and help with the process of doing the payments. So that's one big one. And probably one other really exciting one, which we're working on is a real-time, effectively, redemption of your card at any merchant facility. So you might issue a pay.com.au card, which will link to the platform. And as you walk into any kind of merchant that accepts a Visa MasterCard, etc., you'll be able to redeem points live in that environment. So you might say, walk into the coffee shop next door and tap your pay.com.au cards. You know, might have a million points on there and we'll go and make a call and what the conversion of that is into cash and be able to convert that into whatever you're buying at that point in time, which is a real unique proposition in market that we're working on.
0: Wow. That sounds exciting. You got to make sure that <laughs> the right people get access to that card in your family or in the business. So that sounds really cool. For all our listeners out there, our SME clients, predominantly our listeners, if they want to sign up to pay.com.au or want to investigate further, how do you guys onboard a customer? How should they reach out? What's the go? How would you like to see how your customers come through the pipeline or how does that work?
1: Yeah, I think the first step is check out our website. So obviously, it's pretty easy to remember, pay.com.au. There's a number of opportunities there to highlight your interest, read a bit more about what we do. And then obviously, feel free to reach out to our phone number or email address on the website, which is hello at pay.com.au. And one of the team will get in touch and run you through any questions you've got and a bit more about the platform.
0: And now I can't leave you without asking a question about the domain name. It is a very good domain name. Do you want to share the story of how that even came about? Like surely it wasn't a year and a half, two years ago that was available.
1: It is a bit of a funny story. Our chairman and major investor is Damian Waller, who's the founder of iSelect. And he's a big fan of domain names and As you do when you're thinking about starting a business, you think about all the different names and domains, etc. And he was a big advocate of making sure you had a really good domain name. So we did a bit of research, came up with a number and actually someone already owned the domain, but we contacted the person and offered to purchase it off them and they ended up becoming a shareholder within pay.com.au as well. So it was a great story and I think it really adds to what we do and the credibility behind what we do.
0: Look, Grant, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure talking about rewards and pay.com.au and I know you're an integral part of the business there and you do a great job. So thank you for your time today and I wish you all the best for the future. This is The Bottom Line, a show designed to help Australian businesses succeed. This podcast was produced by accountancy firm Alexander Spencer. At Alexander Spencer, we've been helping business owners realise their goals since 1952. And we play a pivotal role in developing, implementing, and supervising the business goals and strategies of our clients. To find out how we can help your business succeed, head to our website, alexanderspenser.com.au. To make sure you don't miss an episode of The Bottom Line, be sure to subscribe to or follow the show in your podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a five-star review. It really helps others find the show. I'm Savan Tuna. And we'll be back next episode with more tips to help you transform your business. And that's the bottom line.